Salutations. Salutations. I'm Sophia's friend, Bronwyn. And I'm Bronwyn's friend, Sophia. And this is quotes in it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I did for salutations? What? I was channeling our mini Chinese lesson. I said, salutations. Oh, (laughs) Sophia's teaching me Chinese. I'm really not. I just taught her. her, Yeah, I'm not not very good at it. There are four different tones in Chinese, kind of like ancient Greek. Um, The acute and the grave and the circumflex. Apparently you don't pay attention to those, but those are like detailed. But they change the meaning of the words, apparently. They do in Chinese as well. Wow. Yeah, you were telling me about this, how yes. one is like to buy and one's to sell. Yes, exactly. It's the same it's word, fun. It's a good time. And one of the tones goes like down and then up again, so I did that. It's very and musical. It's... Salutations. That's tone three. <laughs> exactly. You're going to say it's tone one, you're, you're like, salutations. <laughs> That's tone two, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, salutations. That's tone one. <laughs> and then, salutations. <laughs> harder with it, it's usually it, it kind of has to be it's syllable but it kind of has to be one syllable yeah mm. okay well i get see this is why sophia's given up on teaching me already happy wednesday anyway. <laughs> we're gonna take a breath hope you guys are having a good wednesday or well and a, a good week um, happy new year no um no yeah a wonderful week if you've started school or know people who are starting school. I'm trying to think of our audience here. I hope their school or your school is going well. That was a sentence. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I hope that you're having fun. I hope that you're enjoying your friends and living in the moment and taking life day by day. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, and I hope your Wednesday's just magical, you know? Just magical. Because Wednesday should be magical. Wednesdays should be magical. That's It'll still be September when you're listening to this. Yes. I think the Almost leaves hopefully something. will be starting to change. I've seen a, hopefully? I've seen a couple of Those trees. Those ones are turning yellow. Yeah, I've seen a couple of trees with some yellow leaves, and it's, it's making me very happy. I love the fall. I never, I like, love the fall, but I don't love the winter, so I'm a little bit sad. Yeah. You know? I really, I don't like the winter either. But I do enjoy the fall, so that's good. Yes. And it's I, almost... The fall always goes, goes by so quickly that yeah. I feel like I never have time to appreciate it. But, like, any time I can just look and be like, oh, it's so pretty, the leaves are changing. I'm happy. I'm also happy that it's almost October. Because October's pretty fun. October's a good month. I think it's a really so. solid month. September is a little bit stressful and crazy. But, but by by but like by the time October, October rolls around, it's kind of like it's like the it. Wednesday of it of, is. of the year. It is like the Wednesday it's like a little bit year. past halfway, but like it's like halfway through the fall. It's not, but it feels like halfway through the fall because like September, October, November, if that's how you're thinking it, and like you're like settled, but it's still like oh my goodness, two more months, one more month, like we're almost at winter. Yeah. <laughs> you articulated that really well. Do you know what we should do? What should we do? Guess. Wordlets. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to go first? Sure. Um, so my for wordlet today, my only wordlet, is veneer. And it means a thin decorative coating covering of fine wood applied to a coarser wood or other material. 
So, first of all, that's very cool. I didn't know that you could cover coarse wood with more wood to make it, like, finer. That's cool. But the reason why I included it was because I was reading a book, and it was used in a really cool way. And the way it was used was a veneer of danger. And what I kind of saw that was was, like, a sort of film of, like, a thin layer of danger. Like, just a little bit. So that it's not like super significant, but also it's there, and maybe I don't know, maybe like hiding something bigger. I have no idea. That's I don't true. even remember where I read it. Probably in in one of my summer books, but I thought that was a really really cool way of using that particular word, which I had never heard before. Very nice. Yeah, I like it. I'm Thanks. a fan. What's your word lit? Supercilious. No, God, I need to listen to these before. I <laughs> I might be supercilious. I might be. That's how I would think. Me too. But you know, I've been wrong before. There you go. Hey, did you guys hear that ASMR? <laughs> Maybe you didn't. We'll see. So my word is supercilious. Um, it's a fun word. Lots of vowels there. Um, I read it in my book, um, and I don't really remember the context, but it means behaving or looking as though one thinks one is superior to others. Now, aside from the use of one just too many times in that one sentence i'm really not being coherent <laughs> behaving or looking at the one thinks one yeah is superior to others but anyways but it's just it's yeah a good way to describe i think it also has a pretentious kind of tone to it you want to make someone sound full of themselves and think they're better than everyone else and also someone who uses too many big words I think you'd be like, they're super silious. Yeah. No, it's it's a word. I like it. Yeah. I love, um, it's it's really fun. It sounds like it's really fun to say, super silious. Um, and I also, I don't know, I can't think of another word like this, but I love when there are, like, when there's an I, an L, and then an I, because it, it looks really <laughs> cool. Like the word ill? No. I-L-L. I L I I said. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Mm. Listen. No, when it's yeah, like, like that's that. two L's. But... Yeah, but you know, because it looks like, especially when it's in in the middle. That's of why the I word. thought I mispronounced it because I tried to read it and I was like, that can't be right. There are too many Super lines. <laughs> but yeah, Bronwyn, you did. You. I just. Hot? I'm trying to think of do you want how me to, to talk. No, no, no. I'm not over here. Okay. I'm just like. I need to do some vocal warm-ups before these episodes, I think. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. La, 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 la. We did kind of do a vocal warm-up. I tell you the four times. Right, true, true, true. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, you were going to do a nice transition. I interrupted you. Well, I was just going to say that you did a cool little design thing up here that I didn't get <laughs> until you had to explain it to me. So would you like to do the honors of introducing our topic this week? Our topic this week is five bracket one oh three goodness. line 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 bracket three. <laughs> I wrote the word science with letter not letters. She with wrote symbols. it with like numbers, so it kind of looks like science, but it really doesn't. I tried to find a font that science. did it justice, and I I got tired, so I stopped. <laughs> um, but yeah, our topic this week is science because we both I think enjoy it in certain respects. I think that there it is quite a broad field full of all sorts of different types of studies and there's something i think in there's a field of science for almost everyone not everyone not everyone has to enjoy science but there's so many cool things and you can get some pretty specific interests and 
discover or learn or learn very interesting things in even the smallest area of this giant field of knowledge. I agree. And I know, like, I am not a very mathy person, which is why science isn't necessarily for me, but I know that Bronwyn really loves math and, like, chemistry and physics and things like that, and I'm very excited to hear how passionate you are about science, and I can be a nerd about the environment (laughs) and animals, which you can too. Yeah. We see we each have our own interests in science and that's good. And And that's what makes it special. It's such a broad field and I love how like I mean exactly like you said, there's there's almost certainly something in the super broad field of science that will interest someone, whether it's like astronomy, so like study of the stars and the universe, or you can go really tiny, chemistry, quantum laws of motion, quantum physics. There's, it's basically everything. It's like, how does the world work? It's like how work? the world works. Exactly. It's cool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I tried to say it's how the world works, and then I couldn't get the S out, so it, 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 it ended up somewhere in the middle of exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I'm excited about this week. Would you like to start us off with your first word? I would love to. So my first word I am really excited about because of the etymology, and... Um, I'll, but I'll get into that in a second. Shush. Um, so ecology is my word. <laughs> um, and it means the branch of biology that deals with the relations of organisms to one another and their physical surroundings. So I, the reason why I chose this is because ecology, I mean, it's, it's a very, it's also a very broad branch of science, but it's, it's the one branch of science that I am really genuinely interested in like everything else is fine biology is okay chemistry is was a little too much math for me but it was still interesting like I there were certain units that I was like okay this makes sense and this is cool um but I still didn't like love it and then I'm trying to think of other I haven't had that much experience with other sciences besides that but we did in biology Towards the end of the year, I think we had an ecology unit and it wasn't very long, but we just, we studied ecosystems and how they worked and how each component in the ecosystem made the whole thing like connect. And I loved it. I thought it was so cool. I've always loved like animals and nature. And so this was just like the dream unit for me. Um, And yeah, so I guess, I guess it's my favorite branch of science. Not that I have much experience in that regard either, but it also encompasses most of the things about science and nature that I'm interested in. So that's yeah. pretty cool. And then the etymology of ecology. I'm really happy because it comes from Greek, oikos, which means house, which was a vocab word that we got tested on last Friday. And might I just brag, I got an 100 on that Hell vocab yes. quiz. Heck yes. So I knew that I knew oikos without even having to look at the thing that says house underneath it. And it's written differently than it is in English, but you know, it's great. Anyway, oikos, which means house, and then logi, which is the English, like, you know. Suffix? Yes, for for any signs, thank you. And then it became, in English, it was oecology, so o and then ecology, and then it evolved into ecology in the, huh. in the late 19th century. Pretty neat. Yeah. It's a cool word. And there's more connection. I have more connections to it in my anecdote portion, which, but I will talk about that later. First, what is your word? My word is quantum, 
That is such a good word. I, I saw it last night and I was really happy and excited. I was looking up science words and trying to find the most confusing and biggest ones. And I okay, let's let me just say I have basically no knowledge of quantum physics or mechanics or any of that stuff. But I heard I I spent like 2 days last year just watching YouTube videos on quantum mechanics and it's very complicated to explain which I guess means that I don't know it very that well, <laughs> but it's still really cool, and I'm start I started to understand it, and I think that it's something that's very neat. But anyways, the word quantum is just talking about really small science, I'm talking about quantum particles, real 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 smart real small stuff. But anyways, the definition is one a discrete quantity of energy proportional in magnitude to the frequency of the radiation it represents. Two an analogous discrete amount of any other physical quantity, such as momentum or electric charge. Three, the unit quantity of acetylcholine released at a neuromuscular junction by a single synaptic ves- uh, vesicle, contributing to a discrete small voltage to the measured end plate potential. So there are I have at least no... five words in there that I just went There were also no a couple idea. more definitions. Not only did none of these make sense, neither did the other ones. The ones that are like a quantity of energy, I've heard that before. Like a quantum of energy is Isn't like a, quantum like really small? Yeah, but it can also be a unit where it's oh, like okay. a quantum of energy. Is like oh, that's cool. Amount. Yeah, but... Um, I don't really understand most of the definition. But anyways. It's a really cool word. I thought it was cool. I think it would be interesting to study, at least for a little bit, like quantum mechanics. Um, but I also really like big, like astrophysics is also really cool. So either very small or very large. We'll see. Maybe I won't study either. <laughs> I'd like to. Um, anyways. So, quantum comes from the Latin quantus. Do you know what that means? Because I don't. I don't. I think it means like how much. Quanto okay. is... Like a, a is, amount? Yeah, I think so. Well, it also came from the English quantity, so... Yeah, amount. Um, and then quantity. No. And then quantum in <laughs> the mid-16th century as, like, a synonym for quantity. But yeah. Nice. That was That's my a cool word. word. Complicated, but cool. It's... I enjoyed it. Okay. You go first. Um, with quotes? Mm-hmm. All right. So the first quote I have is... I guess a little bit different. Um, it is, people tell me I should study to become a climate scientist so that so I can solve the climate crisis. But the climate crisis has already been solved. We already have all the facts and solutions. All we have to do is wake up and change. And that was said by Greta Thunberg. Um, and I hope I said her name right. I'm sorry, Greta, if I did it. She is... <laughs> Not that she... <laughs> yeah. Hey, Greta! How you doing? Um, she is a Swedish environmental activist who is credited with raising global awareness of the risks posed by global warming and climate change and with holding politicians to account for their lack of action on, clim- on the climate crisis. And a very cool person and you may she's remember. And flipping amazing. Yes. Did we, do, did we do her for activism? You did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she, I, I might have included this quote already, so I'm sorry about that if I didn't. Um... But she, yes, so we've talked about her before. But the reason why I included this quote is because Greta Thunberg, she's not a scientist. She's very passionate about a topic that has has a lot to do with science, and she advocates for it, and she's very knowledgeable about it. But she's not studying, or not yet, I hope she might eventually, depending on what her interests are, but she's not yet studying to become a scientist. She's an activist. 
but her her whole like platform, I guess, what she's activating for is based entirely activating in science. For? What she's is that the verb? For? I don't. No, sorry, this is not I, important. What she's what she's acti- No, what's the word? What she's uh, advocate. Advocating. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I couldn't. It was activating. Activate. What is it? Activate. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. sorry Maybe sorry. it was like activating solutions in chemistry or something. Okay, this it's also important. Sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry, this is everyone. My fault. Advocating. That no. I'm glad you corrected me though, because then that would have been anyway. What she's advocating for is based in science. So I kind of love this quote because it it proves that you can still like support science and support scientists and like be really interested in the subject and really knowledgeable about knowledgeable about knowledgeable wow I'm having trouble with words today <laughs> um knowledgeable about the subject without necessarily having to be an expert in science and that's kind of I mean I re- I don't think I'm going to study science past high school necessarily however the climate crisis which Greta is activating for is something that's really important to me so I do think that I am going to do like whatever I can in the future to try to help with that, whether it's like, I don't know, I have no idea what that might entail, but it is like science is, is something that's important to me. And I hoped that it, I, not, I hoped, I do hope that it's going to be a part of my life later on. Just, I don't think I'm going to like major in it. But like, that's cool. Like you but can, yeah. it can be like a little So it's cool kind of inspiring. Right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like your main you thing. Yeah. Just be like, Interesting. Yeah, Read a science exactly. article now and then, you know? Yeah. What's your first quote? Okay, so my first quote is, Science knows no country because knowledge be- belongs to humanity and is the torch which illuminates the world. That's amazing. Yeah, it's by Louis Pasteur. Um, but yeah, so I thought it was cool. I agree. Um, I think that while there have... There has been some good that's come out of competitions, like the space race, right? With, like, the U.S. and and, um, Russia racing to be the first people to land, get into space and land on the moon. I think that probably expedited their, expedited, (laughs) probably expedited a lot of their research because competition does that. But I think that in some ways it's a little bit sad that humans are hiding information and and or hiding knowledge and and trying to be the best and only they can be the best and trying to learn the most so that they know more than anyone else and they can do things with that knowledge and not share I think that's a little bit sad because I think knowledge is is kind of there to be shared right and I think that um it it illuminates the world the world as louis pastor said because i don't know i think knowledge is enlightening and it can um be really beneficial to have more minds thinking about the same problems yeah. uh, because more perspe- more minds more perspectives you never know who's gonna have the that special gift or even just that eureka moment it yeah, could be anyone and so if you're if everyone um, is able to share knowledge, um, obviously within safety, whatever, right? Like, yeah, yeah. But, like, you know what I mean, right? Like, it's just, I think it's kind of cool that 
aside from all I said, in general, science is pretty sh- much shared and pretty universal. And that's pretty cool that knowledge can be that in science as well. I agree 100%. And I think that's one of the um, biggest benefits of the internet nowadays is, yeah. is being able to share these new, like, this is kind of an anecdote, but last night, my parents and my brother, I was doing homework, and I came down um, to say hi, and they discovered this show called Diagnosis. Do you know this? I don't. Apparently, people, like, just very briefly, because we still have a lot to do, but um, people on The New Yorker would write about these cases that were unsolved, like, medical cases that doctors could not figure out, no one could figure out, people had gone to see hundreds of specialists, and they just throw it out to the world. And people all over the world would look at this, see if they had anything similar with a friend or a relative, see if they could figure it out. And for a lot of them, like, a lot of them ended up getting solved because of, like, the wisdom of the crowd is apparently the psychology behind it. Um, So, and it's things like that where it's, like, knowledge should be shared. And that's very, very cool that that's a possibility now. And I, I love that, like... As you, as you were saying, science is a universal thing. I think that's amazing. Yeah, I think it's cool. And I think, like, a lot of projects as well, um, scientific research studies or whatever it might be, are really quite universal. Like, um, I know that the, um, the recently, the team that was able to take the first picture of a black hole, um, that team is made up of scientists from all over the world. And that kind of thing, That's like, people amazing. coming together and working on things, I think it's an example of the good side of humanity. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, Louis Pasteur was a French biologist, microbiologist, and chemist renowned for his discoveries of the principles of vaccination, microbial fermentation, and pasteurization. He's wow. remembered for his remarkable breakthroughs in the causes and prevention of diseases. So that's, you, see, that's I think cool we studied him in bio. Before. I vaguely Probably. remember his name. He discovered some stuff. anyways what's your second quote my second quote is science is not perfect it's often misused it's only a tool but it's the best tool we have self-correcting ever-changing applicable to everything with this tool we vanquish the impossible and um i love this quote just because of the last bit we vanquish the impossible um oh sorry and that was said by carl sagan and i i just kind of loved it because people are and this kind of ties into I have a last little quote that I wasn't going to talk much about, but um, it was said by Albert Einstein, who you all already know who Albert Einstein is, but the important thing is to never stop questioning. So with this, I th- I feel like science was born out of people being like, but why? Why, yeah. like, why are we here? Why are we doing this? Why do we need to eat? Why, how do we survive? Like, what is, what is this earth? What is this planet? And as we got more and more advanced and started figuring more things out and started building on other language, not language, sorry, my brain is all over the place, building on other knowledge, um, we, I mean, not only started asking more questions, but started like being like, all right, we figured that out, now we can move on to this. And then we mm-hmm. figured that out and like just more and more knowledge. And I feel like it's infinite. Like we can fig- we can keep figuring things out for like as long as as long as we are here. And I think that's... I think that's amazing. I love that we are like building more and more and more and more knowledge and like proving and disproving hypotheses left and right. And I think that's one of the coolest things about science is just yeah. the constant questioning. And I think it's there's like being able to un- understand the world around you, how it works on all levels, whether it's again the macro massive 
like universe scale or if it's on the scale of the squirrels and trees <laughs> or if it's on the tiny molecular scale it's really cool to have that understanding and I think it lets you go about your life and I think it could also let you appreciate your day-to-day life and every Absolutely. little aspect of it so much more if you can understand it and Oh, I think that's yeah, pretty cool. I agree. So Carl Sagan was an American astronomer, cosmologist, astrophysicist, astrobiologist, author, science popularizer, and science communicator in astronomy and other natural sciences. He is best known for his work as a science popularizer and communicator. Um, I didn't know you could be that many things. Hey. Astron- astronomer, cosmologist, astrophysicist. You can be whatever you want. It's a lot of things. Mm-hmm. What's your second quote? Look up at the scar... look up at the stars and not down at your feet try to make sense of what you see and wonder about what makes the universe exist be curious and that was said by Stephen Hawking um I thought it was cool um it was very poetic um I remember I read a book once I don't know if any of you have heard it it's called the last of the very great wine doodles but it's a good book I read it when I was a kid and that was there's this uh professor and he uh, he's studying this this land and at one when he first is introduced one of the first things he says is um yeah it's raining out and he has an umbrella and it's clear and he's talking about how people never look up and all the people were like like kind of sat up because they realize they're all kind of just staring at their feet and like shuffling them on the ground but people never look up they never look up from what they're doing they never look around them and being able to observe and appreciate every little thing that's going on is a pretty important thing to do if you if you're um conscious about that um and I thought it was cool because not only would it could it be beneficial for you at the very least it could be interesting um to look around you and not just stare at your feet and stare at the ground ahead of you but to do that and also try to understand as much as possible about what you see try to see a ask questions see a tree that's turning colors and being like wait why is this one turning orange why is this one already why are all the leaves already gone on this one and not yet on this one and why um does i don't know like just asking questions about everything and anything you see, I think for me, that would be quite an interesting thing to do because I think that it's, I love having answers and understanding that. And I think that allows you to appreciate things even more. Um, and I also think that, um, there are infinite things you can wonder about, right? Like even just from what you're looking around. So it's kind of a, if you get into the habit of doing that, I think you could learn so much because you would never run out of questions. Um, and even if it's to the point of wondering about what makes the universe exist, um, be curious. But yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that quote very much, and I agree 100%. Um, and just to, I think, again, science kind of stems out of curiosity and yeah. asking questions. And I love the idea that, like, that's that's how new science is going to be born and like new discoveries and things like that is people really curious people um just like and that's also kind of what I love about kids and I love that like they start teaching science to us at a young age because 
we like little kids especially are always questioning things like what's that why does that happen and I think maybe it's part of that curiosity stays with us as we get older and some people like really not develop it but like continue asking questions I think it's a skill and they continue to work on it definitely um and that leads to them trying to find answers to these questions and then other people maybe bury it but I think it's still there and I think that it's really important to keep asking those questions I think they do a particularly good job at teaching science in our school district from like three to five because the way they do science is it's every other day you go to the science lab or you have a science class and when you go to the science lab, there's a science teacher who Sophia and I both know. Um, and I have a lot of memories about that class because it was asking questions and trying different things and seeing what would work and making predictions. Performing and it, experiments. I think answer. it was relatively... There was some of like the memorizing like flashcards and, and how what's the scientific method. But they did a pretty good job about making the majority of it just trying new things and I remember we made an instrument um to learn about sound waves we made wooden instruments and we made cameras and just like to see how light worked and doing things like that where it wasn't just sitting and having someone lecture at you I think as a little kid is pretty cool um and I think it would be particularly I think it just having kids ask questions about everything around them and really having limited structure for a little bit would be an interesting way to teach science. But Yeah, I don't know. For sure. And as I said before, Stephen Hawking said this quote. Uh, you, Many of you would know him. Um, he, uh, Stephen William Hawking, C-H-C-B-E, F-R-S, F-R-S-A, um, which are all titles of various different, like, um, um, like, uh, titles, degrees, degrees and titles and stuff, um, was an English theoretical physicist, cosmologist, and author who was director of research at the Center for Theoretical Cosmology at the University of Cambridge at the time of his death. Um, you, many of you would know him about, for his work, or at the very least heard about him. He was, um, he, I think he only died one or two years ago, um, and he was, well known for being for having ALS because I think what was it his predicted time to live was like two more years mm-hmm. and he lived for another 20 and as it says literally worked and was so loved his work so much that he worked until the time of his death or not the time of his death but like he he never retired he just continued um his work and I think that's pretty pretty cool I think he made a lot of um, headway in that field and he's a pretty interesting dude yeah he's really great but yeah shall we go on to anecdotes sure amazing oh, nice. okay why don't you go first all right so we are returning to the topic that i bring up many episodes but this time i'm going to talk about a different aspect of it and i'm also not going to talk about it for as long but I'm going to talk about Galapagos again. Yeah. <laughs> so if you haven't listened to previous episodes, I went to Galapagos for a really long time, two summers ago. And But this, but the reason why I was able to go there was because of a program that the person who I now call my second mother is in charge of called Ecology Project International. And this is where ecology comes in. And basically the goal of that program is to bring in kids, bring in students from the U.S. to... Um, 
the to the Galapagos from schools in the U.S. and they take like a group of kids from schools in the U.S. and bring them to the Galapagos for about a week and take them camping. And so I would kind of like, I was an unusual one in that I was kind of tagged along with a group of kids from a school that came uh, to sort of camp in Galapagos and you do a bunch of different things. But mostly what we did was we helped out the national parks, um, the national, the Galapagos National Park. And so we took data on tortoises. We would measure giant tortoises and like weigh them. We had to lift them up. We had to tie string around the two edges of their, like their stomach shell, like tie string around the two edges and then lift, stick a pole through the string. And then it's hard to explain, but then lift them up. Um, and then there was a little scale on the string that told us how much they weighed. And then um, we, when we went snorkeling, we had paper that was underwater paper so we could write on it underwater. And really? We, we, mm-hmm. we took, um, we counted how many fish of each species, like we studied pictures of, of each species of fish so that we knew them and then we took, like we had classroom days each day and then we took notes on like how many species of each fish we saw and also got to take pictures of the sea turtles and everything. Um, and it was really cool and really, really good. And something else that I loved that I noticed about my time there was like almost every single, like 90% of the people there were living in Galapagos um, and their jobs, like the reasons why they were living there had something to do with protecting the environment and the ecosystem. And a lot of it is tourism based, but the reason why they have so much tourism there is that they're hoping that the people who come there will go back home and spread the news that like, hey, listen, this is important and this needs to be saved, which is a very, very cool message. That is Um, cool. But yeah, we, there are obviously lots of endangered species there, so we helped to, one of the days we helped pull out blueberry bushes um, to protect the endangered Scalicia trees, um, and it was, it was really nice, and so that was kind of the science aspect of my, my stay cool. there. Um, and yeah, also our dogs are named after Galapagos. I've been to Galapagos a few times now, which is very, I'm really, really lucky, but the first time that we meant, that we went, I was really young, I was about six. And um, a couple years later, we got our first dog, and we wanted to name them after something meaningful to all of us, so we named them Darwin. And then when we got a second one, I suggested Finch because of Darwin's finches. The Finch was was their first, was his first like example of or how he figured out evolution. I think. Hmm. Um, Darwin and Finch. Darwin the and boys. Finch. <laughs> the boys exactly. What's your first anecdote? Um. Okay. One of the. I have a few examples of people who I think are pretty cool science people who I think are pretty cool. One of whom is Catherine Booman, who, as I said before, is one of the people who uh, led... She is the person who led the team for um, taking the picture... For creating the algorithm for taking the picture of the black hole. Oh, that's amazing. And, yeah, so she's an American computer scientist working in the field of computer imagery, and she led the development of an algorithm for imaging black holes known as Continuous High Resolution Image Reconstruction. Um, and was a m- member of the Event Horizon Telescope team that captured the first image of a black hole. And she's pretty cool. She, like, there are pictures after, like, I remember when this was about, this was a couple of months ago that this was, like, finally, um, like, released to the public. Like, they showed the picture to the public. And I remember, um, 
once I saw it, I was looking into it a little bit, and I saw, like, a TED Talk from maybe 2017 or 2016 that she was talking about, this is how we could maybe do it. Like, this would probably work. This is, like, kind of exciting, and I'm hoping to start, like, working on this soon. And then last year, like, the final product being produced was really cool. And, um, I don't know, I just thought it really neat. I'm not going to explain how it was done, because I think that's not particularly interesting (laughs) for everyone, but it, um... I just got really excited about it because I, I don't know, it was just like a... That's incredible. I, like, looked into it and how it was done, and it made sense, it was logical, and it was just, I don't know, it was just a really interesting um, thing. And I thought, I really, even though it's 2019 and things are going a lot better than they have in the past, it's still relatively unusual to see women at the head of a team for something um, this important, especially in STEM. And so I remember, like, I remember looking through Instagram and seeing just kind of a mix of people's reactions being like, oh, like, Catherine's getting all this attention, but it was actually this guy. And then past that, hearing, no, this guy is important, but people are trying to put him in front of her. And it's like that kind of, um, like preserving the representation that's like yeah. necessary um but it was just really all the more exciting the fact that she was the person who's leading it um and there are other people other women in stem that it's i don't know it makes me even more excited about it and um about it makes me even more excited about the idea of potentially going into a stem related field whether it's um physics or chem or computer science or math those are all things i'm interested in um it's still not super common to have women in stem and like i've talked to i think i was talking to you about this but in a lot of my classes like um it's like two-thirds guys at least like in my science and math courses which isn't super fun um but i will say i that's got to be like you've got to be so proud of yourself. I'm proud. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm proud of myself, especially when I feel like I'm doing well because I'm like, I don't know. I'm able I to kind of represent. Look, we we know what we're doing. Yeah, we can um, do it. And I think that it's slowly but surely changing, so that um, everyone has the opportunity and the the people have like the support behind them too, because I think that there's really whether it's a lack of expectation or a lack of um like there's not as much um I don't know there's not as much of a push or as much of as much support when girls want to take science classes and stuff it's not as like much of an expectation I don't even really know how to say it but I think that's changing and it's very exciting um and it's really exciting when you get to see someone like Catherine Booman um at the front of something that that really that kind of thing does mean a lot um so yeah I think that's that's kind of I don't know if that's as much an anecdote as it is just some some, that's no that's amazing it's and I really thought about before like how genuinely impactful it can be for girls to see well I have thought about it before but like I am just now realizing how impactful it is for young girls to see like I can do that. That's yeah. really cool. I can be in science and engineering and math. That's not just a guy thing. And yeah. I think that's really important to continue spreading that message. It's very cool. 
Yeah. What's your next anecdote? Um, my next anecdote uh, is another trip that we went on. This time, I don't know if I've talked... No, I definitely have. I think I have in, in our travel episode. Um, but it is Antarctica. We went to Antarctica when I was in eighth grade. And it was one of the most incredible trips I've ever taken. It was so impactful and I absolutely loved it. But the main part of Antarctica that I really wanted to talk about was the naturalists. So on every trip that um, we go on that's a part of Lindblad, we're usually on a ship and there are naturalists and each one sort of has a um, something that they specialize in. Like some, some of them are really good at photography and they're the ones who are taking all the pictures of the groups and the animals and they like single out um, like different shots to take. But in Antarctica, they had two, I believe they were called uh, deep sea specialists or something like that. Um, something, I don't remember what their title was exactly, but they specialized in diving and the sea. And this was in Antarctica. So they were diving in Antarctica. Um, but they were really cool. They were their names were Caitlin and Aaron, and Caitlin and they were both really young too. I think they were like twenty or thirty, um, in between that age. And Caitlin was from the U.S. and Aaron was Scottish. Wait, that was not a good Scottish <laughs> Scottish. accent. Scottish. I don't know, but her accent was beautiful and it was actually really fun to listen to her when she did lectures. Um, she would like teach us about things, but it was so as an as an eighth grader who had had no like, connection to anyone, any young women in science before, it was so inspiring to see these two women who were my favorite people on the ship, like, most, they seemed to to me the most knowledgeable about their topic out of everyone, and there were a couple of, like, older naturalists on the, older guy naturalists on the (laughs) ship, and they seemed, like, way more excited about and way more knowledgeable about their topic they every day they would put on these huge like suits to keep them warm and put on helmets and jump into the water and take videos and photos of the ice and sometimes the animals that they would like pass by and then they'd show them to us and be like all right so this is this type of ice and this is why it's important and this these are what animals live here and it was it was incredible and really like as you were saying just genuinely inspiring for me to see these people who were like like oh my gosh i could be i could do that i could yeah. like that i could be me um and that was that was really cool and it sparked an interest for marine biology in oh, me yeah. and um now i i love the ocean and i mean it, i've always loved nature but that like it was tr- definitely Antarctica that sparked, like, the ocean is incredible. Really? Yeah. That's so cool. And yeah. Um, yeah, so I love, I love women in science. It's very inspiring. Yeah. What's your next anecdote? So, I think last anecdote is um, talking about robotics, which is something that Sophia and I both do. And okay, so I don't think it's fair to say that Sophia. Well, you're a part of the club, and you are an important and valued part of the club. And (laughs) let me just start from the beginning. So, grade nine, I haven't been involved in schools for two years. We're all unsure about what we're doing there. We go to the freshman dance, which our friend group's not the biggest fans of that kind of thing. So we sat in the cafeteria and played <laughs> Pictionary. And we're playing Pictionary with one of our friends who was um, 
she was in charge of, or she was, like, she was there to, like, help the freshmen feel com the people in grade nine feel comfortable. She and, was a senior at the yeah. time. And she was like, guys, join robotics. And at that point, I was like, is this something I'm interested in? It sounds kind of cool, but, like, I'm not really sure. And we're all like, you know what? It'll be fun just to hang out with friends. And so we went to robotics, and it turned... And our friend who told us to um, come to robotics actually started the club. And she was saying that, um, like... The reason she had started this robotics club was she had gone to another one um, in our town and the majority, again, was guys and it was really not a welcoming environment and she wanted to make one that was open to everyone, that was there to help people learn and it wasn't, um, it was just a much better environment and so, and honestly she did a really good job of that and she since graduated and we all continued doing it and honestly it's just so much fun um we it's we do like robots like we Mm -hmm. we code robots um which I really enjoy but it's also just fun everyone there is a pretty nice person like it's it's a pretty fun time and we just I don't know it's just a really nice thing that I've grown to really love it's awesome I mean I I can't code to save my life. I don't I don't like math very much, so it's not really enjoyable for me, but I still come to robotics every time because it's it's a it is again, it's a really welcoming environment. I love watching you guys be successful with a code on the robot and I mean, we we Sophia, jokingly call ourselves the morale team, because but I they genuinely are. get so excited when you guys are successful with something and it, it makes, makes me it very, so much very happy. fun to have you guys there. Thank like you. Actually, so I, love it. I like I again. Science is not my necessarily my area of expertise. However, I love watching you guys, and I think it's it's incredible what Nora did and what you guys are yeah. continuing to do, and I, I love it. I think it's amazing. But yeah. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed our science episode <laughs> because we certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, we love, I think we have, we both have our things about science that we really enjoy. And we hope that you go into the world and ask questions. Yeah. If you take away anything from this episode, it's ask questions, keep being curious. You're never too old to be curious. Yeah. Yeah. So, just quickly, uh, shout out to our intro music, which is... Inspirational Life. Our outro music, which is... Blossoming Inspiration. Our cover artist, who is... Dino.Bite. D-I-N-O dot B-Y-T-E on Instagram. Check us out on Instagram. Quotes and anecdotes. Email us at quotesandanecdotes at gmail.com. I realize we're running out of time. That's why I'm going fast. Yeah. Um, what else? Rate, review, subscribe. We love you. <laughs> Have a great week. And we'll see you again next, next week here on Quotes, Quotes and, and Anecdotes. Bye, my friend Sophia. Bye, my friend Bronwyn. And cut. Ba-dum-bum-bum-bum-bum.